Hey everyone, I just wanted to preface this interview by saying that Kat and I had a great conversation with Carly about her mother's case and her theories and some details. Unfortunately, Carly did give us some information that is not public knowledge and I had to go through and edit it. So I apologize in advance if there are some parts of the audio that sound clipped or that jump around a little bit. It's because there was sensitive information that we did need to edit out. Unfortunately, we can't share it with all of you yet. Hopefully you enjoy this interview as much as we enjoyed talking to her. She had a lot to say, a lot of great information, and she is working so hard to solve her mother's case. So this guy's house is the same house uh, because so like, as you know, we already recorded the episode. And so the information that I had in my episode and there wasn't a name that I had, but that the last uh, verifiable place she was known to be was a house. Um, Jim Hunt's house. Okay. And that was Jim Hunt's house. See, I didn't have his name when I did. There you go, my darling. Okay. And the detective wants that known. Okay, that uh, he's okay. trying to get that out there to shake some trees to get some people, okay. to get some people talking. Okay. Now, we're not saying he's a suspect, we're not saying he's a person of interest because we don't want to scare anybody off. Mm -hmm. So, we're just saying, Hey, she was last known to be seen here. So, if you can prove she was somewhere else, or if you can prove she left somewhere with somebody, or if you can prove she was with somebody at that house, mm -hmm. tell us. We need to know because yeah. all we know is she was at that house and then she was dead. Mm -hmm. So let me ask, it's actually really interesting that they mm -hmm. are not calling him a person of interest because a person of interest isn't necessarily a bad thing. Is there a reason that they're not calling him that? So here's the thing is like, we just want people to know she was at the house. Because they're but thinking and and we also think too, there was obviously more than one person involved in this. Do you? Yes. Think? Yeah, I believe that too. Mm -hmm. I believe, okay, so I have a few theories. My theories are there was an altercation with someone and my mom, and maybe that got out of hand and more people got involved, and then she accidentally died, and then they were like, oh, snap, we need to clean up a body, so they all cleaned up a body, or maybe one person got an altercation with her and killed her, you know, maybe by accident, you know. And then they told their best friend or a few best friends, like, oh, I need help. I need help. And they helped clean up a body, which brings in more people and accomplices and mm -hmm. everything. Right. So we're just saying she was last seen at that house and then she was found dead. So if you can prove she was somewhere else or if you can prove who she was with at that house, please come forward. That's what we're trying mm -hmm. you know, to shake free. So okay. his name, we can use his name, basically. <coughs> you it are allowed to like use we his name. should use his name. Yeah. You're allowed to use his name and say uh, Jim Hunt owns the house and Karen Bodine was last seen at Jim Hunt's house. Sorry, yes. you said something a couple of times that just made me think. Um, so is it a working theory that her death was an accident that was then covered up? So kind of... Not necessarily they think okay so possibly they think they know an altercation happened like some mm -hmm. type of physical fight mm -hmm. okay but they don't know how far the fight went 
they don't know if she just got hurt like a little bit because they know her head um got hurt they know that for Mm -hmm. a fact and then they don't know if she separated after that or they don't know if that's when she actually was killed and they don't know if it was actually like intentional like someone was so mad they it was a crime of passion and they like literally you know like not she, right. she wasn't beaten she was strangled but she- so that's where I was going when you're saying you um for a second one of the things you said was that it was possibly um a uh a an accidental death that got covered up I was going to ask if possibly all that we're able to see publicly is that the markings on her neck were quote-unquote strange does it look like those were post-mortem so I can tell you that there was a ligature around her neck Mm -hmm. and she was strangled okay that's now public information it wasn't originally that's her official cause of death is um, strangulation. strangulation. Yeah. Yep. Okay. She's got bruises all over her body and the official cause of death is a ligature around her neck from strangulation. Now, okay. let, let me ask you this question. Um, mm-hmm. So my friend went to the first crime con where you were at and, um, and cool. okay. yeah, and, uh, and where Sam was too. Jen, she was at the crime con and she said, um, that they gave out a lot of information at the crowd solve, like regard. I mean, they they signed stuff that they're not supposed to share this kind of stuff, but mm-hmm. but pictures, like crime scene pictures, they were mm-hmm. shown too. So she. So, here's the thing: is I had known most of the information. I had never seen the crime scene pictures until uh, CrimeCon. So CrimeCon. Um, so I had reservations. I felt like there was a lot of people there for the wrong reasons. Um, A lot for like entertainment and shock value and like to look at me and Sam like zoo animals. Okay. Um, I signed a contract and if I backed out, I would have been sued if I did not do every event that I was asked to do. If I was on stage and they were asking questions about my mom and it got too hard and I walked off stage, I would have been sued. Really? Wow. That is off. I that I would have never. That oh, was, so going back to that. So going yeah. back to that. The reason I'm saying all this is I knew a lot of the information before CrimeCon, like about Jim Hunt and most of the suspects and all that. I really did know most of it, just because I am me and I've been so on this. There have been times where I've been knocking on doors, and then 20 minutes later, a detective shows up and hello fuck am I there before a goddamn detective? Yeah. And then I get the report later and there's no mention of me in the report from the detective. So first of all, why am I left out? Second of all, what else did he leave out of the report? Yeah. So do not tell me that you're doing your job when I get there first and then I read your report and it's not even full. Yeah. Because I was there. I witnessed the incident. So anyways, let me get back to crime con. I'm circling around. Um, Like I said, I knew a bunch of the information already, but the crime scene photos, we didn't know those were getting put up or nothing. My sister and brother and I were sitting in the back row and as they were getting put on the big screen, one, some person came up and they're like, oh yeah, this is the session where we're putting these pictures up. We just wanted to warn you guys as my mom's naked body was, and we had strangers 
turning around and looking and trying to find where the Bodine family was at, looking oh at God. our reactions. Holy cow. And we were not told, we were not notified ahead of time about the pictures. We had no idea. I am so sorry that the, I right. that, that. And this is so totally like not what I pictured when I heard about yeah. this event. That's what I'm saying. Now, don't get me wrong. There were some true, genuine people there. I still talk to people that I met at CrimeCon to this day that I made some great contacts with that are genuine and pure hearted and their hearts are in the right spots. Would you had knowing all of that, would you do it again? Knowing everything I know, I think I would just because it helped bring publicity. The problem is like with our local newspaper, I would call them regularly. I mean, semi-monthly and they would ignore my phone calls up until the crowd solve event. Then they wanted to do a story. And I let them get an earful before I let them get their story. I said, how dare you want a story now that you can? I've been calling you for months with different angles and you are years for different angles and you've been ignoring me. And now that you have some story that you want, now you want a piece of me. But yes, out of the interest of my family and for my mom, I will do the story with you. Yeah. In, in talks, it, like we were just talking a little bit about, you know, the attention your mom's case got, because I know from the very beginning, you and your family were wanted to get it out there. But, um, but the way the media portrayed your mom, who mm-hmm. is essentially the victim here, right? But Not even had, she is. yes, yeah, she is actually. She's yeah. Victim sorry. Shame. Uh-huh. She was victim shame beyond yes. belief. Yes. Yeah. So, um, the first two or three original articles written in the Olympian, the Olympian did not contact the family. They did not ask our input. They did not ask for pictures. So they put some old mugshot up. They put some story up that had nothing to do with my mother's murder. They flat out victim shamed her to no end. I mean, shame on them for doing that. This is someone that just died. No, they didn't just die. They were just murdered. Uh, and, you know, this is the worst day of their life and of their family's lives. And you're bringing up my new minuscule facts that have nothing to do with the murder. Mm-hmm. Shame on you. Mm-hmm. How dare you? Mm-hmm. And then you don't have the decency to contact the family for input. And they put that she was homeless when she was never transient mm-hmm. ever. The only time she was couch hopping or whatever was Friday. She was asked to leave her boyfriend's. She went down to Jim Hunt's house that weekend. She spent the weekend there either Sunday, like morning, early morning or Monday morning, early morning. Um, she was found dead in Rochester. Like that, that's it. Like mm-hmm. it, that's a, that's a straight up homicide. It wasn't even called a homicide. It was called a suspicious death. Yep. I read that. I read that in one of the first um, articles and they do call her transient and then they do mention or allude to um, drug and alcohol issues. Um, So here's the thing is my mom battled with addiction on and off throughout her life, but this was also before mental health was around. It was very stigmatized. It wasn't okay to say you were depressed. 
-hmm. it was more okay to go drink a beer. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So she did self-medicate, but I want to make it very clear that she had more times being sober than being not. She mm -hmm. was a lunch lady at her school. She worked at the makeup counter at the mall. She worked at Safeway. She worked at McDonald's and snuck us McDonald's toys. Oh. <laughs> Among countless other jobs, you know, like she was a functioning, <clears throat> she was a functioning member and community of this society. Mm -hmm. You know, she would take us to parks. She would take us to parties. She would take us shopping. She was at our sporting events. Whether using or sober, my mother was there for us. Like, and that's what it's amazing. Whether clean or not, my mother was there for us. Mm -hmm. Didn't matter if she had to arrive or had to walk. It didn't matter if it was 90 degrees or if it was raining and sleet and she had to walk. She would be there for her children, no matter what, whether clean or sober. Tell me another mother that would do that because there's not a lot. No. Mm -mm. You're right. You're right. No, she sounds like a, like she was an awesome mom. And I did mention that when I recorded the case, because I read a lot of your interviews and other people's interviews where, um, you know, even though you guys didn't live with your mom at the time, um, she was still there every morning before you guys went to school, after school, for all your school events, yeah. um, for all the holidays, all your birthdays, everything. Yeah. There's not a birthday she missed. Yeah. Um, there was times when my grandparents would have to go on trips for business and my mom would stay at the house and take care of us. That was amazing. Yeah. When my mom was doing really well, my grandparents would rent her a little apartment or house or something and we would live there. Or if my mom was doing well, she would have like stints of like actually living at the home too. Mm -hmm. Like. And even if she wasn't living at the home, like you said, she was always involved, always. Like, it, it didn't matter if she was living with us or using or not. She was around. Well, yeah. And that, and that, I mean, that's such a testament to how much she loved you and your brother and sister. Because even, you know, there are parents who, you know, are go through, they're sober and then they're not. And when they're not sober or not in a good place, they don't see their kids at all. But it didn't matter whether your mom was on, you know, a good streak or a bad streak. She still was right there for you guys and not and not exactly. other parents that go through those issues or what I'm saying is when when you become an addict, part of the addict, part of the cycle is get the drug, use the drug, get the drug again. And that becomes like almost like a rush, like a, and it's there. all that you can think and, about and all is that getting about. your next high. So can you imagine going through that and then being, wait, I got to make sure I yeah. get to this basketball game and I got to make sure I do this. She did that on top of being an addict. Yeah. So it's not like she was a stupid woman. I mean, yeah. she was incredibly intelligent and smart and could handle so much stress. I mean, before she graduated high school, her brother, Greg, was in a traumatic car accident where he was in a coma for months, I believe almost a year. Oh, wow. He almost died. He, he, we were told he was going to die. Um, he has permanent damage to this day, physical and mental. Um, but he's also recovered a lot. But that was before she graduated high school. Oh, wow. So, I mean, think about the traumas she went through. And then 
before I graduated high school, my mom was murdered. Yeah. So. Uh, um, your grandparents are, are both of them. So her parents are both of them still, I, I read somewhere that they're, they're both still alive, right? Her parents, yes. your grandparents. Yes. Okay. And so, I mean, I can't imagine what that must be like to, oh gosh, well, both of their kids. So one of them was in a, in a really horrible car accident and then and the other one was murdered. Yeah. Oh, that man. Yep. So how are they like, how do they hold up through all of this? They try, they try to put on a strong face, especially for everybody, but this has ripped our family apart and it's killing them. It is literally eating them up and killing them inside. Like I knew my, obviously I knew my grandparents before my mom died and after, and there's a definite before chapter and after chapter of when my mom Karen died because no one's been the same since it's, I mean, my mom Karen was murdered January 22nd, 2007 but a part of us was murdered that day too. And every day that we don't get answers, a part of our soul is ripped away. Mm -hmm. Another part of our being won't come back. Like it is literally destroyed relationships in our family because of this. Like, mm -hmm. and I mean, it's in other ways, it's brought us closer together, unfortunately, you know, mm -hmm. so I'm thankful for that. But I mean, there's so many things that she should have been there for so many birthdays and proms. And when I got married and when we all graduated and we should have been there for her birthdays and her events and her life. And mm -hmm. it's, it's just sad. You know, when fight. I see someone fighting with their mom, I think be lucky. Remember mm -hmm. that you get to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And I bet now too, there's probably for your grandparents, an answer. I mean, it's oh, yeah, sad that, I was gonna on that. Yeah, yeah, that, they, that they don't have an answer, you know, or they don't, so, have, they, they don't have justice. For me, I mean, eventually a child loses a parent. Usually it's not murder or something tragic like my event, but usually a child loses their parent not especially young and a murder like my case but it happened it is unnatural for a parent to lose a child and that's what happened in my grandparents case mm -hmm. they lost their only daughter and their only son is permanently damaged mm -hmm. so they have lost their entire family I mean this is literally killing my grandmother. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, my worst fear is that something is going to happen or this case will move too slow and they will pass before we can get answers and they will die not in peace. Mm -hmm. Ugh. Because as much as this kills me and eats me up, I can't even imagine no. what it would do to my grandparents. Mm -mm. Yeah, that is, yeah, that's heartbreaking to even think about and to think about them as parent. Because as a parent myself, I can't, I, I couldn't imagine any of that. And then not knowing 
too, the not knowing part. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. So that then there's no closure there. There's no, uh, like you said, peace. There's no peace there. There's no peace. There's no closure. I don't believe in the word justice. Mm -hmm. We will never have justice. Karen Bodine will not come back. I won't get my 14 years back. The scumbag or scumbags, uh, killer or killers that are responsible for her murder are walking scot-free. They have been for 14 years. They're never going to get those 14 years of incarceration or punishment. You know, I'm never going to get to see my mother again. I'm never going to get to be in her arms again. I'm never going to get to hear her voice again. You know, I'm never going to get any of that back. There is no justice. All there is is closure and answers and a new chapter. This is consuming my life. Like, I, I, I cannot move forward until I have answers. I, I cannot. Like, and I know that my mother would be fighting just as hard, actually, probably harder for me if this happened to me. And I owe her the same respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, can I ask? Go ahead. Sorry. This is probably going to sound like um, one of those people who's just there for looky lose, but I've never had an experience anywhere near this. And right. I'm genuinely curious about the process of how you and your family were notified and just what that felt like. So. I would love to tell you how the general procedure works, but we were notified incorrectly. Okay. So, I'm actually really interested. I I generally know how the actual procedure is supposed right. to work. How did it so work we were for you? Incorrectly. Um, at the time I was living with my paternal grandparents in Centralia and my brother and sister were living with my maternal grandparents, like in Little Rock. So not that too far away. Um, my mom's body was found, you know, around 8.30, 8.45, they said, and it took a few hours to identify and everything. So, you know, we're into the afternoon now. School's letting out and all this stuff, and I go back home to Centralia, and cell phones aren't really popular, so I forget how I even had the call. I know my sister and I, I think, shared a cell phone at the time. Maybe it was my boyfriend's phone. Anyways, I got a call. And it was a good friend from high school and he was a cute boy. So I'm like, Ooh, I want to answer this call. <laughs> you know? And he goes, Carly, I'm so sorry. I'm like, sorry, sorry about what? And he goes, Carly, I'm so sorry. I'm here for you. Just please. Like, I love you. I'm so sorry. And I'm thinking like, what? The? You're like, Oh, you love me. Okay. <laughs> I know. I'm like, what? Like, please. <laughs> What's going on? And then it clicked in his brain. He realized that I didn't know what he was talking about. And I don't blame him. I probably would have done the exact same thing. He panicked and he hung up. Oh, oh, oh no. And I mean, so now like, you're like probably thinking this was a prank or something. Yeah. So now I'm like, well, what the heck? So I just kind of, you know, what about my business? Um, And then later my Nana came over to my boyfriend's house, which was only a few blocks away, but she was not really friend with my boyfriend's mother and didn't really approve of my boyfriend, but she was trying to let me learn my mistakes and, you know, 
mm-hmm. move on, you know, you know, yeah. Um, let you figure it out. Yep, exactly. Uh-huh. And so, um, it was really weird to see her there because Carly, we need to talk right then. I kind of knew what his theory is. And I, I kind of thought it had to do with my dad or my uncle or something, you know, her side of the family or I, I don't know, like what if, I don't, I don't know. A million things were running through my mind and it was cold and it was kind of rainy and we were standing in a spot where there was like grass, but there was also like muddy spots because like people walk a lot, you know? And she goes, Carly, your mom died. And I looked at her, I said, what? No, you have it wrong. No. And she goes, Carly, your mom's dead. We we need to go home and talk. And I kind of like started tuning her out. The next thing I know, I had sank into the mud. I was like in the mud. I felt the rain on me. I wasn't cold anymore. A minute ago, before Nana had told me all this, I was thinking like, Burr, it's cold. I want to get inside. Wasn't cold anymore. Laying in the mud letting the rain pour on me scream. I don't know if I was screaming or if it was silent or whatever. Why? No, what? This can't be. This is the wrong person. No, no. Why? You know, and my Nana really did try to corral me and was like, Carla, we need to get home. There's more we need to talk about. We need to get you home. And I was a defiant little teenager and I just ran away and this is in Centralia, Washington. It's a small little town. I didn't really cause any havoc. I walked around town for a while. I kicked over a few garbage cans. I rattled some stop signs, you know. Oh. I mean, I was letting some aggression out. I didn't yeah. know what to do. Um, my first instinct, and that's all I knew at that point, was my mom was dead. Mm-hmm. My first instinct was she had a boyfriend. And my first instinct was that her boyfriend had overdosed her with drugs because I, I was really naive and I didn't know much about drugs or like what did what or how they work or, or anything. So my first thought was my, her boyfriend killed her with drugs. It's an overdose. It's a murder. It's a whatever. Mm-hmm. So immediately I hated him and I blamed him. Like that's what I had set in my mind. So I finally make it on, you know, way back to grandma's or to my Nana's. And she kind of breaks it down a little bit for me. So Carly, your mom was murdered, found naked on the side of Rochester, you know, on the side of the road in Little Rock, in Rochester and Sargent or in in Rochester on Little Rock and Sargent Road. Um, It's a suspicious death. That's all we know. And I mean, I really don't know if I took it in at that time. Um, and like I said, I was with my Nana, but when the police officer came to knock on my grandparents' door, my mom's parents, uh, my brother, I believe was home. I don't know if my sister was home from high school yet. He had a TV in his room. He was watching it on the news. <gasps> was and he- they were, they released her name on the news. Yes. So, by the way, yes, they did. So he was watching it on the news. And then all of a sudden you hear a knock. And we live far out in the country. We never get visitors. So we're like, what? My grandpa answers the door and it's the police. And right then my grandpa used to be a firefighter. And he goes, 
oh, I know this is bad. And that's, and my brother's room is right next to the front door. And so I'm pretty sure he heard the whole yeah. conversation. Mm-hmm. I can't guarantee it, but I'm pretty sure he heard the whole thing of the detectives notifying them that, yep, that's Karen Bodine and she was found on the side of the road and it's a suspicious death. They didn't even consider her a murder at first. It was just a suspicious death. How do they consider the way, like the way she was found and like, like because they had already decided she was transient and probably a prostitute and a lot of other assumptions. So they did not care mm-hmm. to be honest. That's exactly what happened. Cause there's nothing suspicious. And let's, about- real, and let's be realistic and let's not sugarcoat it. That's yeah. what happened. This is solvable. It could have been solved multiple times if the detectives actually did their work in the first place. Yeah. Now, I will give major props to the current detective, Mickey Hamilton. Yeah. He is doing everything in his utmost power to solve my case and the Sam Moyer case mm-hmm. among every other case he works. But I really don't have anything good to say about the other detectives. They did not do their job properly. Since we're talking about that this is completely solvable and Mickey Hamilton is doing everything he can to solve this, is he pursuing DNA testing? Oh, heck yeah. We have been for years. We're waiting in line. Oh, so it's ready to go. It's just you guys are waiting. There's some stuff that we've held back just in case there's better testing or whatever, but Mm -hmm. we're in line for some great tests. And oh, good. I won't shut the heck up. I'm doing my thing. <laughs> Talking to people like you guys. Some local FBI agent happened to hear a new story or a podcast or something I was doing. Contacted Mickey Hamilton and said, hey, what do you need? You can use our lab for anything. Wow. Oh, that's so cool. That's awesome. Because I did read that when you were at CrowdSolve, CrowdSolve. Oh, they offered to pay? Yeah, they offered to pay, but... I'm very upset. Okay. Uh, Okay, because we talked about that in the recording. We can talk about it. I'm I'm sorry, I misquoted. We can talk about it. I just don't know how much I want to put in the podcast. But I have some valid points to bring up. Okay. Mm -hmm. So my valid points are... Now, I understand why they said no, because they can't, like, you know, bring special interest to a certain case. But... Look at how botched both of our cases were originally, mine and Sam's. There was extremely poor police work and media. You guys, not you guys, but the authorities completely ruined it. So right there, there's a chance to redeem yourself. Second of all, if somehow money got donated for our cases to be solved, wouldn't the next cold case all of a sudden jump up ahead in line? and get solved next. Mm-hmm. That's my thinking. It's, it's not That's me personally true. getting my case solved. It's what about the next person? As soon as my spot is open, that's the next safe enough case that's going to get solved. Yeah. The fact that, I mean, you're, it's how your mom wasn't a, a blonde ponytail soccer mom. <laughs> so her case was completely fucked up from the beginning. 
Mm-hmm. And if you guys had been a rich upper white class family, you guys would have private funds for private investigators and um, extra billboards and paying for this extra stuff privately. It's not government funds. Ever to put up, and a bunch of that was my own money. Mm-hmm. Some donations and a bunch of my own money, and one of them is down now. And yeah, one's about to come down in a month and a half. Like. Yeah, I read I read all about that. Your billboards that you relentlessly just tried to raise money for to get billboards up. I didn't even I have flyers that I every time I go to a grocery store, I park as far away as I can. I put one on every single car and I found out the first thing you do when you hand someone a flyer, you say, I'm not a Jesus person, I'm not selling you anything. This isn't a gimmick. This is for three minutes. <laughs> You have to do that before you can. Yeah. And are yeah. you, was it you or Sam that I just saw it on Facebook, the mask, the, um, the face the mask. Clothing, that's mine. Yeah. That one's yours. Those look great. By the way, I was going to ask, how do you get one? Like where, where do you go? Um, so here's the thing. I only, uh, those were like a, like, let's see if this works kind of thing. Uh-huh. So I just ordered enough for family. And then I gave like one out as a, like, let's try this. Yeah. But here's the thing is if you can see my t-shirt, yeah, this one says, where's Karen Bodine? But I have another one that says Nancy Moyer. Uh-huh. So you're thinking about putting some Karen ones on the front and then Nancy on the back. Oh, yeah. Switching it so there's Nancy on the front on some and Karen on the back on the other. Yeah. And so we're getting masks, too. Um, I ordered a bigger um, order. They might not be quite as good a quality as these, but they're still going to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, I will totally, because you guys took the time and effort, I will personally send you guys one so you can have oh, one. Yeah. Um, so I just need your addresses, but. And, and yeah. just so you know, too, on, when we release this episode on the podcast, we're going to put all of the, um, all of the websites. I mean, you have your, we'll, we'll do the crime stoppers number, the, um, the Facebook page, uh, that you have for your mom, um, all the informational, you know, tip lines and all of that information and stuff like Perfect. that. Do you have the Venmo account where you yes, can donate? Yes, I, I, I have that written. I actually, okay. didn't I mention that, Crystal, when I recorded? I think you did. And if not, it's in your notes. Yeah, so we can put notes, it in the so podcast notes. Your, and then does your, um, do you still have the GoFundMe too? I don't think so. I think that one's down. Um, her friend from high school created that, but I think she might have just done that for the vigil and then taken it down. Oh, so okay. I don't think that one's active anymore. Yeah, because GoFundMe so, isn't an ongoing thing. You usually uh, kind of have to shut them down to get your funds. So uh, that and, and GoFundMe reason, sucks anyway. So. The reason I ended up uh, choosing the Venmo instead of the GoFundMe is I guess um, GoFundMe like takes a percentage of your yep. money. Yeah. And everything, which I it's was like 15%. Venmo does not. Right. Um, it might take me one to five business days to get some of my money but I mean I can wait for that that's fine you know I can pay it out of my own bank account until yeah you know whatever so that's fine there's no like extra fees so whoever's donating a hundred percent of that money goes directly to reward money to face masks to private investigators to 
Billboards. To billboards, to things that need to get done, you know, yeah. exactly. To, it's not free to print out flyers, unfortunately. Yeah. Like, you know. And the, right now yeah. you have one billboard up? Yes, the other one came down, unfortunately. Yeah. And Where is it located? Yeah. The one that's still up. Okay, so here's the problem is it doesn't have like a specific address and it's on top of a building and it's called part of, there's like, I think the building has like two or three different shops in it, but one of the main shops is Lacey Shoe and that is 4219 I'm ready. Pacific, are you ready? Yep, 4219. Okay. 4219 Pacific Avenue Southeast, Lacey, Washington, 98503. Okay. And it's not like a shoe store necessarily. It's more like a shoe repair shop. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure we can get the location oh. in just because I know me right. personally, I don't pay a single Dude, bit of attention I'm to those. I'm here and it took me a minute to find. So, <laughs> yeah. Like, where's so, but at least uh, putting the location out there, if someone says, hey, I drive by that Fred Meyer all the time, they might know to look up and look at the billboard right and, and i can try how... to send you some pictures i don't have the best pictures but i can try to send you some pictures i have of it and then just because i mentioned it in the podcast carly so do those billboards is it true to to stay up three or four months it's seven thousand dollars or is it more than that so let's just pay say i've played almost twenty thousand dollars for both of these billboards oh wow jeez that's close to not quite 20,000, but close to that. Yeah. And are you guys getting any information from like, have you found that you're getting uh, more tips or info from that? We are getting tips and info and like leads and stuff. Like, Good. I mean, I didn't expect the killer to come up to the police station and be like, Hey, I did it. Yeah. Right. No. Hey, so actually that was me. (laughs) But I wanted people to be aware of it and see it and be, you know, aware of the story because I had the flyers before I had the billboard. And when I started handing out the flyers, my two main and and this still happens, but my two main responses are I lived here my whole life and I've never heard about this case. Oh wow. Or Mm -hmm. oh, I heard about this a long time ago. I thought it got solved a long time ago because I never hear about it. Oh. Right. Now that the detective really wants Jim's name out there, one thing that I did not see anywhere, what was your mom's relationship with him? How did she know him? She knew him through her boyfriend, Kevin Hastings. Um, they were friends in a band. They had a band together. Now they were also a little more nefarious. I believe they were involved in drug activities as well. Okay. Okay. Because now that we're getting Jim's name out there, knowing that, do you know what their band name was? I don't. It was something stupid and I would loosely call it a band because they were not good at what they played. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But just knowing that, um, you know, people may not know his last name and maybe somebody way back then knew a guy named Jim that had a garage band and right. knew something right. about that time. So that's really good information to get out there too. 
No, exactly. Yes, yes. So I absolutely agree, right? Did, um, Carly, did anything come out of the crowd solve experience? Like, did any good information come out of that? Mm. I got mm. the thing, the good things that came out of crowd solve is that I got some of the media attention that I had been begging for. Uh -huh. The media finally listened because someone big did my story. Mm hmm. So they were finally interested in me. So it was nice to be able to tell my mom's story locally as well. Um, I guess it's the biggest thing we've gotten out of it. We have some few continued supporters mm -hmm. and everything, you know. Um, hopefully I'll be doing another crime con one day where we talk about where we solved the case. Yeah, that, that, that would be great. That would be awesome. And we won't invite any of the people who were assholes at the original one. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. We won't invite them. Um, so which one of you uh, went to the original one? So not, neither one of us did. My friend, a good friend of mine, she okay. had invited me to go. And it was the weekend before because she had, there was something her friend wasn't going to go and she had an extra ticket and she had invited me to go, but I couldn't go. And, um, and she went and took somebody else. Um, so I'm bummed that I didn't get to go, but she, uh, she said it was, it was a great experience. And she, uh, she, like, she was probably one of the genuine ones. There was some yeah. amazing people there. Like it wasn't completely a horrible experience. I really, cherish some of the memories and some of the events that happened there i really do mm -hmm. and you knew sam moyer before this right a little bit yeah okay okay but you guys became close um when you did crowd solve yeah yeah okay is there any anything that we didn't touch on that you wanted to talk about really quick Not off the top of my head not that I can think of. Um, Are there any other people that they were looking at other than that the house that she stayed at, that guy's house? Was there other any other working theories that you feel like you wish they would have followed more? Or um, I believe they need to track down everyone that was at that house that weekend and re-interview them because I think they did a sloppy job originally. So I don't know if they tracked them down all in the first place. And I want to rehear their stories. I want to hear how they add up 14 years later to the original story. Were they able do to you have a list of those people? Yeah. Of course I do. So there's, a have you tried reaching out? <laughs> oh, darling. I bet you they don't <laughs> even want to talk to you. <laughs> You do not want to be on my bad side. I will tell you that. <laughs> You've been yeah. to all their Christmases, haven't you? <laughs> I've been everywhere, dude. I have their social oh security number. I have everything. <laughs> How like many people were yeah. in and out of that house? How many, people, sorry, what? how many people were in and out of that house that could have known something or seen something? That weekend, at least five to 15. Wow. That is a huge margin. See, that's where originally when you read about the case, you're like, oh, it doesn't seem that hard. You know, yeah, simple case, simple murder. Let's figure this out. Then you start reading all the details and the 
rabbit holes and the nitty gritty. And you're like, oh my gosh, there are so many players involved. I have no idea what was going on here. Yeah. So it gets real intense and real crazy and real loopy real fast. It's not as black and white and as simple as it looked like originally. And does this guy still live in the same house? Jim Hunt? Yeah. For now, yes. Oh, wow. He still owns the house and shit because he's telling me that he's moving and blah, 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 and he doesn't own the house anymore. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Okay. Have you- I go back and I'm like, but you still are the owner and you haven't done nothing. The fact that he still lives there just, I mean... I see here's here's my thinking if I'm associated with a crime or or not even a suspect but a a known suspect and I knew I didn't have anything to do with it I would want to move away from that house to like be gone but then I think like but if I'm wanting to hide something and keep something protected I'm I'm staying in that house you're sitting on on your gold Yeah. yeah Uh-huh. I was going to say, I think some of that's also the type of people who live in that area. They're very like, this is where I live and I'm not moving. He, it might yeah, not necessarily be nefarious, move. but. He's about to move though. Oh, he is. Oh, he was. He is or he was. He is, he is about to move. Oh. He is getting ready to hightail the fuck out of here. And here's what really gets me. So. They said they found her resting in the gravel pit with her set with her head on a car seat. Not like a baby car seat, but like the back seat of a car seat. Oh, I thought mm-hmm. it was a I thought it was a child car seat. Oh, no, I thought it was, it was like, like a, a actual car seat. Oh. Yeah, I, it's like the back seat of a car seat. Okay. Yeah. So here's the thing. They never took that into evidence. The car seat? Mm-hmm. So they don't know if that came from the car she was dumped from. They don't know if that was sitting there and they just used it as a prop because it happened to be there. They don't know because they didn't even, collect it. Even if they did just use it as a prop because it just happened to be there, they had to have it touched still it. might have had a fiber from the killer or something right. on it. Oh, nope, that is so frustrating. I can't I, believe that. I thought in one of the articles I read, they said that they had already determined it was a car seat that was discarded there already. I think a newspaper article made that up because if you read the newspaper article, it also has a bunch of other lies in it. Oh, okay. But even if it was already there, they had to have touched it. It's like it would be damn near impossible for them to put her That's on it without. So why did it. they not collect it for evidence? Right. Even even if it was discarded there, like you're saying, maybe that was the case. Why was it not collected for evidence? Yeah. How could you not touch it or like do something without, you know, putting a dead body on it without without touching it or moving it or something, getting a piece of your hair or a piece of your clothes or a piece of your dog's clothes. Jim Hunt was known for having lots of cats. Wouldn't the cat hair fall off or something? Yeah. Man, it was great meeting you, Carly. Thank you so much for taking the time. I look forward to hanging out in the future, you know, seeing you in the future. I will let you know when Sam and I do like other events because we're doing like other like haunted wave events and stuff like that. That would be awesome. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Well, I look forward to speaking with both of you soon. Yes. Bye, Carly. Have a good night. Bye.
I don't know. Oh, wait. It was, everyone said bye, right? We're good? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. bye.